24-24 right now. She's obliterating the record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Goucher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you by Essentia Health. I am Zach Schneider, the Marketing and PR Director here at Grandma's. I'm back this episode with another of our 2024 Grand Ambassadors. And if you're not familiar, if you haven't listened to some of our past episodes with this group, we selected 20 people from a pool of more than 100 applicants this year to be part of our ambassador team. Their role, really simple. Easier said than done, maybe, but to help spread the word, answer some questions, and really just keep the excitement going ahead of our race weekend in June. Today, the Grand Bachelor that we have joining us is Allie Colton. Allie, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. It's fun to be here. First things first, before we jump into the topic that we're going to be talking mostly about today, tell us a little bit about you. Where did you start running? Where are you now? And what's been your connection over the years to Grandma's Marathon? Yeah, so um, I'm Allie Colton. I am from Boston. I am an East Coast representative or Northeast Coast. Um, and I have been running for, I guess this is like technically my 10 year anniversary of running. I first started running in 2013, um, ran the Falmouth Road Race with a charity. I ran with the Joe and Drusy Foundation and um, pretty much everyone in my circle gave me the look of like, really? You? You sure? What, you're going to do what? Um, and I decided I wanted to challenge and now I'm pretty much addicted to it. Um, and my connection with grandmas is actually, I have one of my best friends has run grandmas for um, a couple of consecutive years with his high school friends. And I was peer pressured into doing it this past summer and um, I'm coming back for round two. You're one of the people that we look for specifically in, in our Grand Ambassador program because you're not in our in our bubble of Duluth, even our bubble, greater bubble of Minnesota, people who know and have heard about Grandma's Marathon, maybe have done it multiple times. You found us just last year. What was what was your experience like and what are you looking forward to most uh, here in 2024? Um, so I tell folks in Boston on a pretty regular basis, like Grandma's was and is the most well-run race I've ever done. Um, it's fun. The expo is awesome. The communication is fantastic. The course is phenomenal. Um, I've only done the half. Um, and if I wasn't gearing up for another marathon in the fall, I'd be doing the marathon in June, but my PT said no. Um, and it's just, it's a good time. And just, the crowds are phenomenal. The people are phenomenal. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Fun. <laughs> yeah, you are our poster child for people to just come do it once, right? Even if you've run all across the country, and then you'll we hope that you'll want to come back. That's what I said about marathons too. I said I'm only doing one marathon, and that didn't happen. <laughs> you are here to talk more specifically today about being not just a runner and not just a lover of Grandma's Marathon, but more specifically a charity runner. So for starters, let's. Talk about the, the concept for listeners who maybe aren't familiar. What is a charity runner? How does that apply to what we're talking about in the build-up to Marathon Weekend? 
Yeah. So charity runners, um, or as a charity runner, you uh, usually apply and are selected to run with or and for a specific cause, a specific charity. And it is one way to receive a guaranteed bib into a race. You may also have already have a bib and just want to run for a cause that you are passionate about. And in running for the team, you pledge to raise a certain amount of money. Um, that amount of money varies by race, it varies by charity, um, but you then spend your training cycle both working towards your goal of completing the race, maybe you have other personal goals along the way, but on top of it, you are also raising money and awareness. I mean, it's it's both the money is important, um, absolutely, but the awareness for the cause you're running running with and for is really, really crucial as well. Yeah, absolutely. In our race, Allie hasn't done our race as a charity runner yet. She might uh, maybe in the, in the future, but uh, it, the way it works for Grandma's Marathon is the charity organizations uh, throughout the summer and into the fall, they reach out to us. And this year we have 23 official partners uh, for 2024. And then runners, participants from anywhere, they get to choose the organization that they'd most like to raise the money for. The participants reach out to the charities. They get you on their roster. They get you all set up with the fundraising. And as Ali mentioned, in our race, it can be for any of the three races. You can do the full marathon, the half marathon, or the 5K. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet, you can sign up still through those charity partners. If you have a bib and this just speaks to you now, you can start now. Uh, there's a lot of different ways into it. If you missed out on the half marathon sign up in October and you still want to get into that race, our charity partners are a wonderful way uh, into that. The entry fee is free to the runner as long as you meet your fundraising guidelines. And then you're off to the races. Then it's into the, the fundraising portion of it. And this is something that uh, adds kind of another layer to the buildup uh, to the marathon. And we're going to get into to all that. But first, I want to talk just kind of about your history. You haven't done it for us, but you've done it with several other races and, and some pretty big races uh, around the around the country. So what uh, has been your history first off uh, being a charity runner? Sure. My history, I first started as a charity runner, my first ever road race. Um, back in 2013, I ran the Falmouth Road Race in Falmouth, Massachusetts. It is, I think, 7.1 or 2 miles. It's a very random number. It's literally from Woods Hole to Falmouth. Um, and I ran with the Joe Andrewsy Foundation. They support New England cancer patients and their families. Um, I have a personal connection to their organization. I have a friend who is a was a grant recipient um, through JAF, and she um, very sadly passed away that, that year that I started running. And... I hadn't lost a friend before it was, I was looking for a way to be involved and kind of make a difference and um, kind of honor her. And I knew about JF through Sam and saw that they had a team for Falmouth and went, I'm doing that. Um, my parents and my inner circle, you're doing what you've never run more than a mile in your life. Are you sure? And I had no idea what I was doing, but it was fun and I loved being able to raise funds and awareness for this cause that I care so much about. And then took some time off because I went to school in Iowa and um, couldn't make it back in August for the Falmouth Road Race. But uh, so took a bit of a hiatus from running 
And then when I moved back to Boston after college, um, ran Falmouth again two more years um, with the Joe and Dr. Foodie Foundation 2018 and 2019. Um, and I was helping out. They also have a Boston Marathon team. And I was helping out at one of their aid stations, a training during a training run. I was speaking with uh, Jillian, who works for them. And she said, when are, like, Allie, when are you going to graduate to Boston with this? When are you just going to come run Boston? And I said, okay, I'm in grad school. Like, Jillian, 2021, Boston Marathon 2021. I will have graduated. I'll have a job. My friends will have jobs. And then, of course, COVID hit. Um, things, timing was a little bit different for Boston in 2021. But all of a sudden it was the new year. And I was like, oh shoot, I, I said I was going to do that and filled out my application. And really I had the privilege of running uh, the 2021 Boston Marathon with the Joe and Drusy Foundation. Finished Boston, said never doing that again anytime soon. I signed up to run Chicago two weeks later um, and ran the Chicago Marathon the following October for the University of Iowa Dance Marathon. Um, I was really involved with Dance Marathon at Iowa State, but they support um, the Children's Hospital in Iowa City. So that was another really special connection uh, and so much fun to be able to pull my college experience and something that was such an integral part of my college experience um, kind of post-college and continue raising funds and awareness for the incredible families and kiddos um, at the University of Iowa Children's Hospital, finish Chicago. And once again said, I'm never, it wasn't even, I'm not doing that again anytime soon. I said, I'm never doing that again. I waited about three months and signed up to run New York, the New York marathon with uh, the Dougie's team for autism. Um, so Doug Flutie, former uh, Patriots player, Boston college um, star and hero. And just again, had the privilege of running New York with them in, um, this past November, and I'm now going to be running Berlin with them. So it's been many, many years in the making. And you'll notice I'm, I'm knocking off the stars once I made it halfway. Um, and for folks who are listening who don't know about the stars, um, there are six major marathons in the world. They're called the world majors. Um, folks uh, insane enough to try to do all six, like myself, um, aim to do that. So we're taking them off along the way, but doing it for charity, which is so much fun. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a wonderful story. And I, I think that every time we talk to a charity runner like yourself, who has done, uh, maybe it's just one, maybe it's several of those races. The first key is choosing the right organization, right? Um, and so I want to go back to that choice uh, for you because you've run for a couple different organizations now. And, and, and really you and I sitting here can't tell everyone listening what organization they should be running for. But the first step is finding something. Maybe it's a personal connection that you have. Maybe it's just something you truly believe in. But that really is, it seems to be the first step in any charity runner that that enjoys it and is successful at it at the same time. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I, I feel very fortunate to have had a personal connection. I feel like it was easy for me to choose what charity um, I wanted to apply to run with, um, at least for that first uh, road race. It just kind of occurred. It like fell in my lap in some ways, um, not being accepted to run, but uh, choosing who to apply to. And it really does make a difference. Um, 
I think being able to communicate to the folks you're asking um, to donate to this cause, it helps helps with fundraising. Um, and that's not to say that you have to have a personal connection with a charity, um, but it also makes training not easier because training is going to be hard regardless. Um, but it it helps to have that little bit of extra motivation in the back of your mind of you're running for something and someone other than yourself, which is so cliche and it's so true. <laughs> You've done this a couple of times now, and some of those those world major marathons have heavier or higher fundraising goals than something like a grandma's marathon. But um, what do you know now, 10 years later, uh, from your first time raising money and running a race that you wish you knew a decade ago when you started this process? I wish I had been more creative in my fundraising. Um, their fundraising goes beyond asking uh, for individual donations and reaching out and just having um, folks click on your link and donate to, I don't remember which platform uh, charities that grandmas use, like Give and Gain or Donor Drive or you know any of the big ones, but donating directly to your link, uh, I think creating challenges. Uh, so if for every $5 donation, somebody gives, you know, to my fundraising, I, you will be entered to, you know, win a raffle or to have me choose to have me like, I have a friend who said, whoever gets drawn or has the highest donation, you get to pick the color that I'm dying my hair. And she ended up with purple hair for two months. Um, you know, reaching out to local businesses to see if they would donate something for a basket and, you know, have holding a raffle. Um, I think charity runners, or at least uh, the friends I've made through my charity running, uh, do a lot of like, football squares or just regular fundraising squares where, you know, people will claim and like purchase a square for, let's say, $5 or $20. And um, then there's their name is entered that many times to into a drawing. Um, and then there's a payout or some other form of a prize. Uh, I didn't quite understand how that worked and therefore was too scared to try it because I didn't want to mess it up. And this past year, I finally did squares. It's a really great, fun fundraising tool. I think it's when you tell people that they can win money, um, or win some something, even if it's maybe not with squares to have you do something embarrassing, but giving people the opportunity to embarrass you um, in some way is very motivating. So <laughs> that's what I wish I'd known. I wish I'd just known to be, take the leap to be a little more creative with my fundraising. Well, and especially considering that most of the people who are going to donate to Allie's quest to run Boston Marathon or New York City Marathon are people you know. These are your family and your friends and your network. And so they maybe don't have the same connection to this, this organization and this cause as you do, but they do have a connection to Alley. And I think those are the most successful charity runners that we've seen that, yes, you lean on your network to help you raise the money and accomplish the goal, but you have to, you have to find more ways than just asking them. Is that kind of what you found? Yeah, finding a way to, I mean, I think that convincing or getting a buy-in of 
you know, I care about this cause and here's where your money is directly going is incredibly powerful. And then maybe if you're able to have them buy in a little bit more to you personally and what you are, the training you're going through um, on top of it, you know, might convince folks to donate a little bit more. Or even if it's somebody sharing the link to your donor drive um, and reaching a broader network. But yeah, buying into, I think a lot of people buy into the runner, um, maybe more so than the cause, but it's, I've seen both. I've definitely experienced both. This all seems like a very extroverted exercise. Uh, would you consider yourself a, a natural extra, extrovert or was this something you kind of had to force yourself uh, to do in the early going? And, and is it, I guess, even something now today that you have to convince yourself, I'm going to do this because I know what I'm trying to accomplish? And I, I guess I'm asking this for all the people listening who are saying, I could never put myself out there in, in this way. Is that been something that you've had to, to battle with uh, during your experience? Yes, I I would describe myself as an extroverted extroverted introvert. Um, I can have my little bursts of being extroverted, and then I need to go hibernate. Um, and that I think asking making the ask is is scary, um, and can be intimidating. Maybe not scary necessarily, but intimidating, and I wish I had a magic answer for how to do it other than the worst that people can say is no. And if you don't ask, it won't happen. Um, or, you know, people won't engage, but truly the worst that can happen is someone says no, um, or just ignores you. That's possible too. Um, but it was challenging for me. I think I, I was fortunate in that, like I said, I was involved with dance marathon in um, college that I guess for listeners who aren't familiar with dance marathon, I'll make a plug for them too. Um, they it's student run organizations at colleges and high schools and middle schools across the country. Um, they partner with children's miracle network and they host, it's a year long event in that they're raising money and awareness for their local children's hospital all year. But then there is, a single event where the students have pledged to raise a certain amount of money to stand on their feet for X amount of time. Um, at Iowa State, it was 15 hours, I believe, when I was um, an undergrad. And like running a marathon, people hear that and they're like, I could never imagine standing for 15 hours without sleeping or sitting. Um, just like folks say, you are running 13.1 miles, you're running 3.1 miles, you know, you're running 26.2, cannot fathom doing that. Um, so going back to your original question of, you know, whether it was challenging, I did have experience asking for donations in undergrad. Um, but I think when it came to marathon fundraising, they're just, they're bigger numbers and it's, um, I think harder. Yeah, the power of, of someone saying no is, is a very real thing. And anyone who works in any kind of, of sales industry or customer facing industry will, will be the first to tell you that it's, it's a very real fear for a lot of people. If you can get over it, you can unlock a lot of, of positive things. But you and I were talking 
uh, before we came on and started the, the recording, but then you also mentioned it in talking about your history is that I needed to take a break. I needed to maybe do the next race without fundraising or without being a, a charity partner. And I think that that's a, a valuable thing for people getting into it is it doesn't have to be every race you do. It probably shouldn't be every race you do because you're going to be going back to that same well. And if you go back one too many times, maybe some of those yeses turn into noes uh, real quickly. So you have to balance out your, you know, your asking, but also your own mental energy, because this is a, a marathon training program advanced almost into you have this other thing that you have to worry about. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously talking through my history of running and marathons in particular at uh, Berlin will be my fourth marathon in four years for a charity. Um, I love it. I don't necessarily recommend it. Um, and I have learned that I need to be strategic in how I am fundraising, who I am asking. Um, I'm very type A. So there are spreadsheets involved and just tracking who I have asked to try to not stress the my circle of donors. Um, and you know, I don't want folks to, I never want folks to think that I'm only reaching out to them for fundraising. It's kind of like, Oh, there's another year. Allies running another marathon. And it may be that they'll still donate. Maybe that they say no, but they might donate and you just can't rely on or expect a certain amount. Um, so really just being conscious of the stress that you're putting on um, your donors and following up with them, like about where their money's gone is huge. And not only the stress that you're putting on your donors, but the stress you're putting on yourself, I feel like it, it is a, is a huge thing because you're the one that's coming up with these contests, coming up with these ideas, making the ask, uh, and then trying to, to do all the follow-ups. You're trying to do it right. One thing that we've heard from from charity runners as maybe a, a reason not to do it is that they feel like it's a selfish thing, right? Is you know this is they see this as their way into the Gary Bjorklund Half Marathon, which is sold out, or they see this as their way into the Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon. But when it comes down to it, and not to speak for for all the charities in the world, but the charity partners that we have understand that runners are going to use this as a way into the event a lot of them but it doesn't matter as long as you raise the money that's the the, the unifying factor between the runner and the charity organization is as long as you raise the, raise the money the charity really doesn't matter what your true motives are and so it can be okay to be a little bit selfish and say this is my way into the boston marathon yeah um i know that that is a very hot topic in the running community and um, people are very divided about whether, not whether there should be charity runners, but I'm probably never going to qualify for the Boston Marathon. That's, I'm back of the pack, slow, team caboose, like all the way. And and that's fine. Like everybody's a runner. And I, I personally definitely felt a little bit of that guilt of like, I, you know, I earned my spot in a different way. And I think that even if a charity runner is using the charity 
as a way to get into a race, they are also doing an extra leg of work in fundraising on top of training, on top of showing up on race day. And um, keeping in mind that these charities, a lot of them, at least my experience, especially with Boston and New York, um, they rely on so heavily on the funds that are raised through these partnerships that they have with races. So the, the money that is being raised is um, if they were to not have those uh, teams, those marathon teams, uh, it would be really detrimental to their, the charity's ability to accomplish its mission and continue with its work. Um, so it is mutual. I think it's mutually beneficial. And I say that having not been on the operations side of a charity, but you know, yes, runner might be using the charity to get into a race. Charity is using the runner to help, uh, be able to continue to do the amazing work that they're, that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that a lot of charities would, would agree with that, that they, they understand that it's a mutually beneficial relationship, but that goes back to what we were talking about is if you believe that you're doing the right thing and for the right reasons, this all becomes a, a lot easier, right? Uh, it shouldn't be just to get into the race, but you should believe in the organization that you're fundraising for. My question to you, I guess, is my question to you is, have you noticed a difference in your training cycle from a race that you aren't fundraising for to a race where you are fundraising and you know what's going into that and you want to show up on race day and have a good performance? Has that made the training process easier when you have kind of this thing in the back of your head at this bigger purpose? Um, yes and no. I've, I've experienced it both ways where I, I do think that I personally put a little more extra pressure on myself um, when I'm training for a race for a charity or with a charity. Um, you know, if my training cycle isn't going well and, but I'm like, I have like, I'm representing a cause. I am representing you know, people's donations um, these people who believe in me and trust that this, and, and I'm not saying it's not a worthy cause, but it's like, I need to make sure that I make it to the start line and not just to the start line. I need to make sure that I make it to the finish line because there is, I'm carrying um, so much more on my back in, in a positive way. But I think that then the first race I ran in a while where um, I think it was, it was actually grandma's half last summer was the first time in a couple of years where I wasn't running for a charity. I was training just for me and some personal goals, which you know, had its own challenges and, you know, you know, kind of anxieties that came with that. But it is, it is interesting to just arrive on race day and um, you have the excitement of running for a charity and you're running for this great cause and something you care a lot about. Um, and on the flip side, showing up on race day and being like, this race is for me and only me, you know, they both have their benefits. But I do think that when, training gets hard for me and I'm running for a charity. Um, it, it helps to be able to tap into the, why am I running? Who am I running for this? Like your legs are tired, your back hurts, you know, it's hot and humid because it's Boston in August, but you know, this isn't about you in the moment. Um, 
it can help get through those, you know, in the moment doubts and struggles as well. I think we've about covered what we want to cover here today, but I want to give you one last chance to, to pitch because as, as many years as this has been going on, charity runners, not just at our event, but other events uh, around the country and around the world, uh, even it's still something that I feel like the full potential hasn't been truly unlocked. So I want to give you one last chance to, to make a pitch to people to, to try not only running a half marathon or a marathon, but to do so as a charity run. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's so much fun. It is. I mean, that's the baseline. I wouldn't continue to run races for charities if it wasn't fun. Um, I think that the charity running community is like, you know, the subsect of the broader running community is a really special group of people. Um, I'm really fortunate. I, the charities that I've run with in the past, um, or that I ran Boston with, um, is through this organization called charity teams, um, appropriately named, but, uh, Susan who runs charity teams partners with a whole bunch of charities running Boston. She helps shepherd their runners through the whole process. And I was able to meet so many other charity runners and just the support that comes with that and the friendships that come with it. You're all running for a cause that you care about. And it's just different um, in a really, really great way and really special group, I should say special way. Um, but yeah, so if you're on the fence about running for a charity, just do it. It's, um, and I think running with grandmas is a really great introduction to charity running. Um, you don't have to go all out and run. And the Boston Marathon is $8,500 or $10,000. I know that this year minimums are through the roof that people are pledging. It's been super, super competitive. And, um, and I'm not saying that, you know, money that's being raised at grandma's isn't a lot. You aren't committing to an insignificant amount of money, but if you want to start with a smaller, you know, way less than $8,500, um, this is a really great opportunity to do it. And, um, one big thing I don't think we really touched on is the other, going back to your question, I should say about what I wish I had known, um, 10 years ago, breaking your minimum into, or your goal into digestible chunks. Um, kind of like interim uh, goals, really helpful because it just makes it feel more more doable. Um, but be a charity, pick a charity that you you care about. Um, whether it's you just think that cancer absolutely stinks, it does. But if that's your reason, that's a reason to run. Um, if it's because you um, were part of Girls on the Run and were participating as a a kid and want to help give back to that organization, you know, that's, that's a great reason to run as well. So, but the community is fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'll offer one more pitch for, for our charity partners uh, this year, we've got 23 of them. Uh, as Ali mentioned, the the fundraising minimums are, are not crazy high. I think they're attainable. Most of them are in the 500 to to $1,000 range. Um, and so if you put some work in, you can get that done before June. So if you're not signed up for one of our races, um, or if you are already and you want to join the, the charity team, um, we encourage you to do that. There's more information on our website 
You can find out more about the charities we believe in, all of them, um, and we want them to to be successful in this process. And so uh, any more support that, that we can give uh, anybody in that process, uh, the better off we all are. Um, Allie will be uh, continue to be with us uh, through June. And so if uh, you are on the fence of being a charity runner, you have some more questions, you want to pick her brain, maybe you want uh, not to make some of the mistakes that she made early on and you just want to start uh, on third base, so to speak, uh, she's there. Allie, where can, can people keep up to date on your journey uh, to this year's Grandma's Marathon and, and where can they find you on social media? Yeah, um, I am mostly active on Instagram. I technically have a TikTok, you know, unless you want to see my dogs. Um, they're great, but they aren't runners. Um, my Instagram is run.ally, A-L-L-Y dot run. Um, and that's that's where I'm at most of the time. That's that's fun. And um, and correct me if I'm wrong, are runners who already have a bib, are they also able to run for a charity? I, I that would be my my other pitch is even if you are already signed up for one of the grandma's weekend uh, races, signing up and pledging to run for a cause is, is really great. It's really fun and, and worth it. You know, you don't have to be running for a charity just to have a bib into a race. And the best part about that is if you've already purchased your bib and you're entered into one of this year's races, you sign up to be a charity runner, the money that you already paid to us will go directly to that charity and you're already on your way toward your fundraising goal. So uh, that will be our final sales pitch uh, of this episode, but it, it's such a fun topic to talk about and we enjoy seeing that dollar amount grow uh, every year we get to, to talk about our charity program. So Allie, thank you so much for joining us and talking about charity partners. Happy, happy to chat. I'll talk about charity running any day, all day. That's something I really love. She's Allie Colton. She's one of our 2024 Grand Ambassadors. Uh, check her out uh, on her Instagram page. She's got a lot of good stuff uh, for you and a lot more coming, I'm sure. This Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast is brought to you by Essentia Health. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate us, tell your friends. Grandma's Marathon proudly presented by Toyota, Members Cooperative Credit Union, and A6. I'm Zach Schneider. Until next time, everyone, be well. 